is, all the, all the chattering is good. I hate to interrupt it. You haven't seen one another for a while, so. But it's all good that we're back together here again. And you're all wearing your masks. You're wearing them properly, so thank you very much for that. Uh, we're keeping distance, uh, those sorts of things. Um, we will continue to do those as long as we see that it's necessary. And we'll talk at the church council to see how long we'll continue on these practices. Though, even though the province has changing its restrictions, we, we will use our own wisdom as to how we will proceed forward uh, within the church. And it's just so good to see you all. Uh, you are allowed to sing today, to sing softly behind your mask, as we've been doing. Um, so that, that's good. We're going to be back together. We're singing, and it's wonderful. Hopefully in a few weeks we'll get our choir back as things loosen up a bit more. But huh, again, it's just good to be here. What else do I have to share with you today? Church Council, we're going to have a quick meeting after church today just to talk about a couple of quick things. And also, starting next Sunday, um, I'm going to start a practicing prayer workshops. And so if you're interested in learning how to deepen your prayer life through this Lenten season, I encourage you to join us next Sunday after church. Bring a light lunch. It'll last about an hour. And there is some work that you need to do before you come. Um, so I sent out a link in our newsletter so you can download the, the workbook and print it off if you wish. I've got a few copies at the back. If we run out and, and uh, before, you know, I think there's only five back there, but if we run out and you still want a printed copy, just let me know and I'll make sure you get one. But it'll be a, it's a four-week course on deepening our prayer life. And I'll say a bit more about how that looks uh, in the service today. But I would just encourage you to, if you wish to, uh, spend this Lent in, in reflection and dedication to God, then I would strongly encourage you to, uh, to join us next week. Let's just take a moment to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light our Christ candle as we acknowledge Jesus is in our midst and we just invite him to reveal himself to us this day. Our opening psalm is Psalm 104, I think it is, so just it'll be up on the screen there. O God, how manifold are your works. Bless O my soul, the Almighty, who rules all creation. There lies the great and mighty sea, teeming with living things, both great and small. All of these look to you to give them food in their due season. What you give them, they gather up. When you open their hands, you fill them with good things. 
But when you hide your face, they despair. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. Bless, O my soul, the Almighty, who rules all creation. May your glory, O God, endure forever. May you rejoice, O God, in your works. When you look at the earth, it trembles. When you touch the mountains, they smoke. I will sing to God as long as I live. Let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we are thankful to worship with our church family today. Bless us as we worship and experience your spirit among us. As we enter into the season of Lent, we also lay before you where we have fallen short of your plan, where we have failed to share your love, where we have turned our hearts away from you, Wherever we have missed an opportunity to serve, forgive us, Lord. We thank you for the gift of your Son, the one we seek to follow with all our hearts, and the one in whose name we pray. Amen. Our opening hymn today is throughout these Lenten days and nights.
scripture this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God always. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I should have told you. For I am going there on purpose to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I shall come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also, and my way there is known to you. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus replied, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you knew me, you would know my Father too. From now on, you do know him. You have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we ask no more. Jesus answered, Have I been all this time with you, Philip, and you still do not know me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Then how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? I am not myself the source of the words I speak to you. It is the Father who dwells in me, doing his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else, accept the evidence of the deeds themselves. In truth, in very truth, I tell you. He who has faith in me will do what I am doing, and he will do greater things still, because I am going to the Father. Indeed, anything you ask in my name I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. O Lord God, we gather here in your presence this day, ever thankful for the gift of life given to us through Jesus Christ. So as we gather around his word, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Now, in some ways, it's, it's quite appropriate that we have returned to our church on this first Sunday of Lent. Lent is a journey of preparation that we recognize within the church calendar. And when we last met back in December in person, we were just finishing up another journey of preparation. We were preparing for the birth of Christ through Advent. And now we're back again starting another journey of preparation that we call Lent as we walk with Jesus to the cross of his death on Good Friday. Traditionally, we, we see Lent as kind of a time of, of fasting, of giving something up. Uh, we hear people who give up chocolate or television or social media or some other things, you know, things we think we can do without for the next six weeks until Easter. 
Sometimes, though, when we do our fasting, when we give something up, we sometimes lose focus as to what this, this act of fasting, of this act of giving up, is ultimately meant to accomplish. Lent is not just about giving, something that, giving up something that might be unhealthy for us for a few weeks. It's not a time to get our diet back on track. Lent is a time for purposeful contemplation about the meaning of the cross in our lives as we walk with Jesus to his crucifixion. The point of fasting, the point of giving something up is to allow God to use that space, that time, to help us grow in our understanding of his role in our life. So instead of spending hours watching television or scrolling through Facebook, we use whatever we've given up. We use that time to focus on God and the impact he has on us. Lent is a time of turning away from the temptations of the world and an intentional turning towards God and the fullness of life he gives us through Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord and our Savior. In Lent, we walk with Jesus to the cross where he died. Over the next month and a half, we're going to go back and look at those final days of his life, what he did, what he taught, what he endured in those final painful hours. We will remind ourselves of everything Jesus went through that he went through for our sake. Lent is a humbling journey. But it is not, to be a journey, not meant to be a journey that fills us with guilt. Rather, it is meant to fill us with gratitude. Because we know what happens. We know the story. We know what happens on Easter morning as Jesus defeat, defeats the evil of this world and invites us to join with him in the victory. Part of Lent is realizing that there is a cost we have to pay for such a sacrifice Jesus made for us. Lent is a time of, of personal reflection, a time for repentance. The fasting we undertake is a time to reflect on what we need to give up in our lives. And it's not just for the sake of giving it up for a few weeks, but it's for longer term. There are influences in our lives that we need to consider letting go of. And Lent is a time to consider what those things might be. Now, it's not easy, no. It could be certain foods. It could be social media. It could be television. But maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something deeper, something bigger, more impactful than that. What we need to be seek, seeking to give up is ultimately whatever is causing us to sin against God. And what that is, of course, varies from person to person. And if we don't know what that thing might be, then we need to ask God what it is, and then we need to obey. Because if we don't obey what God is asking us to do, we are deliberately disobeying God. And that is not something to take lightly. Now, through all of this, prayer is a critical tool for building this relationship that we seek with God. 
And Jesus talks a number of times about what prayer is for, how it works, how it applies, and to what we do in God's name. And another equally important tool that we have at our disposal is our Bibles. The Bible and prayer go together hand in hand. The practice of making space for prayer in our lives is not always an easy one. It usually does mean we need to give something up. It could be TV, it could be food, it could even be an hour of sleep in the morning because we realize we need to get up earlier in the day so that we can do our prayers and devotions before our day truly begins. And again, what one person may have to give up is not the same as someone else. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. He gave up his life for you. And so the question is, what do you need to give up for him? What will our sacrifice be? And it is a sacrifice. Jesus never said following him would be easy. He said in Matthew chapter 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus says the easy way, the way that everyone else is going, that's the way to destruction. It's the narrow path, the path that may be hard to find, the path that may even be overgrown in places, the path we may lose sight of from time to time. That is the path God is leading us down as followers of Jesus Christ. And to take that path may mean we need to drop some of the luggage we carry on the way to make the path a little bit easier. Following Jesus is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice because it means there are times when we act in direct conflict with what the world in all of its sinfulness is telling us we need to do. We can even apply that to the giving of the church. Tithing is supposed to be a sacrifice. Making a sacrifice, whether financial or, or, or general lifestyle, is going to hurt a little bit. And it will hurt at different times, maybe a bit more than usual. Following Jesus means we are taking a different path than everyone else. And sometimes it might feel like we're swimming upstream. But the reward for this decision to follow Jesus faithfully and sacrificially, the reward is heavenly. Focusing our lives on Jesus Christ is a life-changing event in a very, very good way. When we know the intimacy of God in our lives through a relationship with Jesus, things are different. There's a joy, there's a hope, there's a love and a peace that we carry that we've never experienced before. And when we experience it, we will never want to let it go. The more we get of this life that God has for us, the more we will want it. The more we will long for it and chase after it, and the more we will want to share it with others who are around us. And this begins by submitting ourselves to God's authority in our lives, by reading our Bibles, by spending a deep time in in intentional prayer with God, 
not to God, but with God. We open ourselves up to the conversations God wants to have with us. And when we turn to a reading in John chapter 14, Jesus is already in Jerusalem. He's in his final days. And if we flip back to John chapter 13, Jesus has laid out some startling predictions about what is to come while he's in this city. He tells the disciples of his death that is coming. He tells them that one of them is going to betray him. He tells Peter that he's going to deny him three times. And in, in, but even in the midst of all these bad news predictions, Jesus offers hope. And we pick up on those words when we turn to John chapter 14. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And he tells his friends that he's going to go and prepare a place for them in God's kingdom. He's going to personally go get it ready for them. And Thomas voices their concerns, their confusion. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus replies with those wonderful words, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. And Philip says, he's, he's still trying to seek some clarification, and uh, and he says, well, well, show us the Father then. And Jesus says, you've already seen the Father because you have seen me. They just need to believe. And then Jesus closes off our reading with these words. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me anything, I will do it, says Jesus. If we, do anything in his, if we ask for anything in his name, Jesus says he will do it. Now this is not a blank check. This is not simply adding in Jesus' name to our wishes and that, and that they will happen. For more understanding what Jesus is telling us here, we need to flip ahead to John chapter 15. And in verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. We must abide in Jesus and let him abide in us. We must live for Jesus and let him live in us. And if we take that back to John chapter 14, it means that when we pray in accordance with God's will as, as, as expressed through Jesus Christ, he will do it. So what does this look like? Well, it looks like this. It means we need to submit to God's authority in all aspects of our life. He becomes our ethical and our moral authority in all things. It means we learn of his ways by reading our Bibles and then we learn how to apply it through prayer. And there are a number of ways in which we pray and we can do them all at once in one sitting or we can break them up over the course of a day. We can repeat them. Uh, there's, not, there's no end to, to how many times we can pray in a day. 
But the first thing we can do is we, we pray prayers of thanksgiving. That is, we give thanks for all God has done, which is really kind of an easy thing to do living here in Canada. We have many blessings that we can celebrate and give thanks to God for. The second thing is we pray prayers of confession. We offer God our failings and we seek his forgiveness. What she will do when we, re- when we repent of our sinful ways. By confessing our sins to God, we open up ourselves to a greater pathway of communication with God. Because repenting of our sins removes blockages. Sin blocks us from being able to hear more clearly from God. It limits our ability to what God has to say to us. So if we confess, if we repent our sins from our sins, God, uh, we can hear God more clearly. The pathway is opened up. So we pray our prayers of thanksgiving. We pray our prayers of confession. And a third kind of prayer is that we pray for the concerns we have in the world around us. For people, for places, for things, events. Things like those who are sick. We pray for things like, against things like COVID. We pray for Ukraine. We pray for Russia. Those are those kinds of prayers. And there's never a shortage of people, places, or things that we can be praying for. And in these prayers, we're asking God to intervene in a powerful or even supernatural way, a miracle. Because we believe he will do it. And he can do it. And finally, in our prayers, we can sit and talk to God, with God. It means we can ask God questions and expect him to answer us. It could be something as simple as, God, is there something I need to do today? Is there someone I need to talk to? Or it could be bigger. God, what do we need to do to revive our church, our community, or my family? What are the next steps? The easiest and most effective way to grow in your faith, to experience the fullness of life that God has in store for you, is to read our Bibles and to pray. And when I say prayer in this context, I mean we sit down and we converse with God. We hear his voice when we pray. Now I realize that many of us don't hear God when we pray because we weren't raised to know this. We weren't raised in such a way to know that God will speak to us. But you can learn it. It is a skill we can all pick up. Like many things, it just takes practice. Learning to hear God effectively in my own life changed things dramatically, all for the better. And the more I do it, the closer I feel to God every single day. And I hope that you want to experience the same. Now, if you're unsure how to go about improving your prayer life, then please show up for the practicing prayer next week. Pick up a workbook, print it off at home, and join us next week. We will walk step by step in learning how to hear God speak in our own lives. And even if it doesn't work, what's the worst thing that's happening? You're praying a couple hours a week. There's not much to lose. Lent is a perfect time to pick up a new spiritual practice. It is a perfect time to draw closer to God through Jesus Christ who gave his life on a cross for you. 
prayer draws us closer to our Creator, our Father in heaven. It helps us see more clearly what He has in store for us, what He has in mind for us, our church, our family, our community. Prayer is the experience of closeness with God. Someone said to me when we did this a year or so ago that it was like sitting down for a cup of tea with an old friend. That's exactly the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. In the Garden of Eden, remember, God walked side by side with Adam and Eve around the garden. But then they chose to disobey God's command. They sinned, and their relationship was broken. God wants to restore that relationship with his children. Now, not to physically walk with us, but to talk with us and journey with us every single day helping us learn of his way and growing in our spirit by the power of his spirit. When we know God more, we understand a bit more of his way. And when we understand more of his way, we pray more confidently, we pray more passionately, we pray with the assurance that he will answer our prayers because we abide in him and he abides in us. Know, my friends, that God loves you. Know that he wants to be part of your life today. And know that he is just waiting for you to sit down and get to know him better. May Lent, this Lent, be a time of great growth and understanding in our faith as we walk with Jesus to his cross where he died, where he died for you so that you may walk with him in the victory of Easter morning every single day from today through to eternity. Amen. Let us sing together, O God, how we have wandered.
Let us join our hearts in prayer as we bring our concerns before God this day. Lord, thank you for the gift of life that you have given us. Thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ who came to show us how to live in this world that you have created but has since turned away from your plan. Lord, we are just so thankful that we gather here in our church once again and that we gather with friends and family here, that we gather in your presence to sing together, to pray together, to learn together. We thank you for the peace that we experience in this part of the world. But yet we pray for those for their, where there is no peace. Lord, we lift up to you the people of Ukraine. Lord, we cannot understand why this is happening to wonderful people in a beautiful land. You know the heart of the one who has perpetrated all this violence, O God. And so we pray that you take Putin's hardened heart and you turn it to a heart of love. We pray for the people of Russia, for those who stand in support of this violence, And we pray for those who stand against it under threat of arrest and imprisonment. Lord, we pray for a peaceful solution to all of this. We pray that they lay down their weapons of war and pick up instruments of peace. Lord, may you grant wisdom to the world leaders who are trying to find a way to to influence a peaceful resolution to this conflict. But God, we just pray for the peace that you long to bring, to bring comfort to your people, to bring peace to this world. Lord, we pray too for those in our community who are struggling in these cold, cold days. We pray for those who look at the storm coming this night and and are fearful. Lord, we pray that you bring them warmth and comfort and food. Lord, we pray for those in our community who are unwell or sick or dying. Lord, may you bring them comfort and peace through the work of those who are around them, through loved ones and caregivers and doctors. Lord, we pray for those who are on our hearts today for family members and friends in need of your healing. Lord, we lift, up, we lift them up to you now. Lord, we pray too for those who are feeling anxious about the reopening of everything in the coming weeks. We know, God, that COVID is still very real in this world and is a significant threat for a number of people. And so, Lord, we pray that we as a society will still strive to protect those who are vulnerable, that we won't allow them to simply live locked up lives 
afraid to come out their doors, but we will find ways to live safely with each other so that we may all live in the freedom that you bring us, that you give us. Lord, we, we pray for those who are still feeling the effects. We pray for our schools. We pray for our teachers and administrators, our students, bus drivers, everyone in these places where COVID likes to spread when we are together. And so, Lord, we pray for the health and protection of all in these still challenging times. Lord, we pray for these and so much more. Our hearts long for your peace to come to this world, for this peace to come to our lives, to the lives of those we love. And we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The closing hymn today is Giver of the Perfect Gift. My friends, go in the love of God throughout these Lenten days and nights. Know that Christ walks with you as you walk with him, offering you comfort and peace 
in our broken lives to bring healing and hope in the victory he has secured for us through his resurrection on Easter morn. Go in the peace of Christ. May we go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Thank you.